Welcome to Grace Notes. Today, Barbara Sandbeck concludes her series, Revival in the Land, with the finale of this divinely orchestrated event. What a time we've had watching the birth of a great revival in the people of Judah. On our last program, we saw the people worshiping the Lord together in the temple with their burnt offerings, against a backdrop of singing, instrumental music, and rejoicing. Revival was well on its way. Let's see what happens now. King Hezekiah addressed the joyful people with these words in 2 Chronicles 29.31. You have now dedicated yourselves to the Lord. In other words, revival had begun. How do I know? Because the word dedicate here primarily means to renew, and revival means to impart new spirit. But Hezekiah legislated this. So, to see if the people were truly sincere, we need to look for signs of revival. One sign was that the people willingly opened their hearts. Hezekiah had instructed them to bring sacrifices and thank offerings to the temple of the Lord, and they did. But the scripture also says, All whose hearts were willing brought burnt offerings. Do we give because we love the Lord, or just out of obligation? God says to us in 2 Corinthians 9-7, Each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Another sign of revival was that the people willingly offered gifts that cost them something. Remember, burnt offerings were a symbol of complete surrender. The king didn't force the people to do this. In fact, they brought so many offerings, the priests had to solicit the help of the Levites. In Leviticus 27.30, God had said that a tithe or tenth of everything from the land belonged to him and was considered holy or dedicated. The Israelites had neglected this because of their sin. In Malachi 3.8, God spoke concerning this, saying, Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, How do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. Should God expect us to give to him these days? Yes. Christ didn't abolish the law. He fulfilled it. Even before the law was given, Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils from the battle the Lord had won for him, in thanks to God. A tenth is still the Lord's, and offerings are over and above what's expected. Do we truly realize what we've been given? Through Christ, God has granted us grace, his unmerited favor, Ephesians 2, 6, and 7 says, God raised us up with Christ, and He seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus, who, according to 2 Corinthians 8, 9, gave up His riches and became poor, so that we, through His poverty, might become rich." Oh, when our heart is grateful, we don't have to be coerced into giving. Another sign of revival is a willingness to obey God's orders. God had a prescribed way he wanted things done. He had Hezekiah restore the service of the temple of the Lord and reinstitute the Passover celebration according to his instruction. The reason God wanted them to do this was so they'd take time to remember their release from Egyptian bondage. And God has requirements for us today— our worship services should always be conducted in a reverent way. First Corinthians 14.40 says, Let all things be done decently and in order. 
And we need fellowship with believers so as to encourage one another in the Lord. In Hebrews 10.25, we read, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. Concerning the Passover celebration, Jesus said in Luke 22.19, when he was conducting the Lord's Supper, This is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. Do we faithfully attend our church services and wholeheartedly participate in communion? Another sign of revival is a genuine concern for others. The king was so excited about what had occurred that he sent a proclamation via couriers throughout Israel, inviting the people to return to the Lord and to come to Jerusalem and celebrate the Passover with them. In a sense, that's what we'd call witnessing. How excited are we about what the Lord has done in our lives? Excited enough to tell others and invite them to share in the experience? The couriers were met with opposition, another sign that revival has taken place. The devil will do whatever he can to thwart the efforts of those who live for the Lord and influence others. Despite the opposition, though, a very large crowd came to the celebration. God blesses revival with oneness. Second Chronicles 30.12 says, The hand of God was on the people to give them unity of mind to carry out what the king and his officials had ordered, following the word of the Lord. There is no satanic dart that can defeat godly unity. And God blesses revival with overflowing joy. The people celebrated joyfully for 14 days. Over and over again, the scripture says the people rejoiced and had great joy. Do we take time to celebrate our salvation? There's nothing we have that can even begin to compare to the promise of eternal life we've received through Christ. It's sure something to shout about. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there's none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your
opens the door for a great opportunity for change. Even the aliens who'd been invited to the celebration experienced joy. The zealous people of Judah then went out to the surrounding towns and got rid of the rest of the idols themselves. Revival brings a great outpouring of gifts. Hezekiah ordered the people living in Jerusalem to give on a continual basis so the priests and Levites could devote themselves to the Lord's work. The people generously gave the first fruits of their produce and animals, their best, right from the top. So much so, it says there were heaps of gifts. And God was pleased, and He blessed their gifts. The priests and Levites could now attend to their duties. There was plenty to spare. Going back to Malachi 3.10, we read, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. I remember an illustration a pastor gave for this verse. He took an empty glass and filled it with stones. He asked if it was full. It was, but yet it wasn't. He then poured sand into it and asked again. It seemed that it was, yet he could still pour water into it. This shows the way God blesses when we give. So in summary, let's review the signs of revival. An open heart, open hand, obedient will, oneness with Christ and others, overflowing joy, and a genuine concern for others. Though this revival occurred as a result of an orchestrated event, I don't believe it has to. In thinking about the times I've felt revived in my spirit, I've come to the conclusion that revival can and should occur on a daily basis. Think about it. We refresh our physical bodies every day by taking a shower to clean the outside and eating and drinking to satisfy the inside. It's the same with our spiritual being. We clean our spiritual self by confessing our sin. We sustain and refresh it by feasting in God's Word and drinking in His living water as we meditate and pray. So, have you experienced revival in your life? God has great things in store for you. He used one man, King Hezekiah, to impact a whole nation. He can use you to greatly change those people in your sphere of influence. Can there be revival in your land? You bet. And it can begin with you.
to Grace Notes. Your letters and contributions are greatly needed to keep this program on the air. So please write to us at Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Falston, Maryland, 21047. Or email us through our website at www.sandbeckministries.com. That's S-A-N-D-B-E-K ministries.com. Join us on our next program. Until then, let your grace notes be a song of praise.